Please insert additional coin. It's Gakesy Lee. You honor me with your presence. Crispy Lee. How can one so tiny hurt so much? Brad Ziegler. He's usually stronger than the average and has a friendly attitude. It's Sports Unsealed. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It's Sports Unsealed. Jake Seeley, Chris, Meany, Brad Ziegler. With you, as always, as a reminder, a couple things. One is, that, look, we're going to have a new show name, so we're not kind of giving you a heads up. It's not all of a sudden out of the blue. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? Still here. Still same guys. Still same crew. We're covering fantasy football for you guys. If you want fantasy baseball, we're still going to have that for you all the way through September if you're trying to make that playoff run. And there's going to be a couple shows throughout the offseason as well. So we're not leaving you high and dry. But we're here for Fantasy Baseball. If you are over at the app, it's bottom left-hand corner, top right-hand corner of the website. And let's just get into it because there's a hell of a lot to talk about, guys. Uh, Antonio Brown's back in the news again, but we're not starting with him because somebody's back in the news again. Uh, Chris, Josh Gordon is back again, although he's initially put on the NFI because the Patriots have to make some moves to get him on the roster. But he's been reinstated. I like... I don't know if like the NFL wants the coverage or like wants people I, I, like I don't get it because this is probably the quickest reinstatement I've ever seen and he's officially back in the NFL and of course people are officially losing their damn minds and somebody tweeted me and said already granted I'm in Boston but he went in the third round yeah oh. wow that's and that's the type of hype that is surrounds Josh Gordon I mean people are still hanging on to that you know magical run where I think was it Jason Campbell? Who was that? Was that his quarterback? That was his quarterback for hat like more a little over basically half the season. for that run. Yeah, and I, I mean I get it, but do you remember what the season was? Oh man, it had to have been like 2014. Oh, uh, you're off by one. 2013. 13. Okay. 13. That's how long it's been. 2013. <laughs> 14 games. 87 receptions, 1,646 yards, and nine touchdowns. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Everyone, people are hanging on to that. They see the upside. I mean, last year in a small sample size, I mean, Brady, when he targeted him, he had the most success targeting him as opposed to, like, Edelman or Gronk had that down year. So, I mean, he was he was decent last year in, in a small sample size, but I'm not drafting him in the third round. No way in hell. And Fantasy Football <laughs> Calculator, you know, that you could see the spike. I mean, just five days ago, this guy was just – people were taking flyers on How him in the 15th round. It's high. It's in the ninth was, round now. I'm, like, it is. No, I just was like the, the two-day span. I'm kind of curious. Just right. The two days has gone from the end of the 15th to the end of the ninth, and it's just been two days. Wow. So Six rounds another week. That's we're, awesome. Yeah, it'll probably be – I would imagine, you know, this time next week when we're talking, he's probably well, at least a sixth-round pick. I'm doing the control F to find uh, the, the top. Doesn't it tell you that – oh, my God. Do you want to, Don't look. Did you look? <laughs> no, I didn't look. I mean, I know okay, the crap. The number I know one the overall. No, 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 no. What do you think? I mean, what do you think his peak price is on Fantasy Football Calculator? Oh, uh, high second round. Chris? Yeah. Only because of your reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's a good guess. Mid-second? <laughs> 212. He's in the second. Oh, oh the God. fact okay. that he's in the second, that's all. That's 212. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will pass at that price. Yeah, I mean, for people who did the – we talk best ball sometimes, we throw that out. For people who did drafts, you know, a couple months ago, good for you. I mean, good on you. 
right? You you have yourself a little bit of a flyer, but there's no way I'm drafting him that high. I mean, I don't know, Jake, where you're going to put him in your rankings, but I don't think I'll have him oh, I as have a an top answer. 30. He's already in there. Well, if, so you guys know, I jokingly put this out there, and we're going to get to Antonio Brown here in a second, but I jokingly put out a, a poll and said, who plays more games in 2019, Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon? I sent it to both of you guys. The final votes... 57% Antonio Brown. That's how close it is. Like Remarkable. We're talking about Josh Gordon, who I don't think has ever. Let me double check. No. Oh, yeah, his rookie season. His rookie season was the only time he ever played 16 games, 14, 5, 5, and 12. Some for injury, some obviously for off-the-field situation. But the fact that it's that close just tells where we are now. Brad, you said there's no way, and I guess, Chris, you answer this question first, and then we'll go to Brad because you never said it. Where are you comfortable taking him like just give me a round it doesn't have to be a pick just a round where you'd say you know what i'll think about taking josh gordon uh the seventh or eighth round and and only just Hold because on, there i mean there's chris, a... chris too before you jump into your yeah okay i agree seventh round okay go yeah. ahead Brad. there's any you know there's an enormous amount of upside for sure i mean he made tom brady way better last year whenever whenever he I actually got boosted tom brady's offense. projections yeah i did too and so it it it, it makes sense to me that that you know the NFL. I think is starting to get a little bit lighter on the marijuana stuff. They wanna they wanna show that they're working with the players a little bit, especially right ahead of a CBA. At the same time, you got to think this is Josh Gordon's last chance. Like he he's got <laughs> I don't know. We've said that before. <laughs> and Dude's yeah, got it's, nine it, lives for sure. at some point, and I and I think you almost wonder too if they're if they're not a little soft on the Patriots solely because they realized Deflate Gate was a debacle. So they're they're trying. I think in a way they're trying to kind of appease the masses here and. <laughs> In, and and from his from his standpoint, just as a as a person, I really hope he's gotten things in order in his life. And, oh, absolutely. And that, yeah, you, I mean, you wish the best for for everybody. And the guy is such a huge talent on the field, and he's so fun to watch, and especially in this offense. He's he is exactly what this offense needed. This injection of life at the receiver position, especially with Nikhil Harry hurt. You put him opposite Edelman, and then Philip Dorsett as a field stretcher. Like, there's there's a legit chance here that this becomes a top twelve passing offense again. When I I never would have put Brady in the top twelve prior to this news, and I don't have him in the top twelve now, but I definitely bumped him up. No, I actually to your point, I don't have him in the top twelve either. But he jumped all the way to fifteen for me, one spot in front of uh, Jared Goff, just because a few more touchdowns, a few more attempts, completions, yards. I mean, that's just what the factor is there. You you asked it, Chris. The updates, if you guys go look on the website, he finished, project that being Josh Gordon, projection-wise, he finished 35th. He sandwiched between Sammy Watkins and Sterling Shepard. I have him for 90.5 targets, 60.2 receptions, 884 yards, and 6.5 touchdowns because you guys want to do the math. No, that's not 16 games, and I think it's foolish for anybody out there to try and project 16 games. Heck, I don't know, as you can tell, I'm not even projecting 13 or 14 games. It just It's baking in that risk, so... To answer the other question, which I asked both of you guys, and you both said the seventh, I would actually be comfortable in the sixth because the upside is the fact that you have a second rounder on your team. But there's so much risk here that it's not even his off-the-field issues. It's also he hasn't been 100% healthy over a couple seasons. So there's a lot of risk. We know the risk. But this is similar to Andrew Luck of, you know, I actually broke him down to three games instead of six now because he was practicing before the game, which we'll talk about in a second as well. But there's just like we, I don't know how many times we have to say it. Just hopefully you understand that is you guys have to make that decision if you want to associate that risk on your team. And the problem that I say though, and I think you guys will both agree with this. The one thing with Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck is everybody's probably going to base that risk and make that decision on their own. 
you're either team Josh Gordon and drafting him before either like none of us are going to get him if we're drafting the sixth or seventh round. Let's be honest. None of us are taking him. Somebody in your draft is probably going to take him at least in the fourth. So you're either team Josh Gordon or you're not. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going there fourth. So I, I mean, where you have him, because people are going to reach, like you said, because Sammy and, and Shepard, who you, you said you had Gordon sandwiches in between them. I mean, those guys are going eight, late eight, early nine. And right. so you're going to have to reach on Gordon. You're right. Yeah, you're either in or you're out on Josh Gordon. And I agree with Brad. I mean, we, we root for the best. And I, I want to see him. I mean, he's very, very talented. Like, fantasy aside, I just want to see this guy on the field. And yeah. I want to know his life is in order. And, you know, I want to see that skill set over a full course of a season because he still can bring it. It's just he's one – he's like one little slip up. And it's the Patriots too. It's like it's the littlest thing. Wasn't it last year he was late to one of the practices and there was like, oh, no, he wasn't actually late to one of the practices. It's super weird. Like, But if he well, just misses point, Chris, one meeting or something, that could be it for him. And, and to your point, this is actually a really good transition. And jumping off point is somebody tweeted this yesterday. I saw it, and I'll just give them – I forget who it was. Actually, I can't give them full credit, but it's not me who said this is they pointed out, they said, if Antonio Brown was on the Patriots, he wouldn't even be playing anymore. Like, they would have been done. Oh, yeah, like, they would have moved on from him, yeah, for sure. But you're saying that because it is the Patriots. The Patriots is, whether it's the NFL or not, I think I agree with you, is like, it's the last straw for the Patriots as well. So, Antonio Brown now, I mean, what is old is new and has, like, whatever. We're back again. We're back again to the point where Antonio Brown made it sound like everything was fine. He was happy to be with the team. Everything was moving on. Then he sends the NFL... The, his helmet and tries to go after the whole situation again and they say no again and now again he's going well you know I'm, I'm kind of I'm not showing up because you're not letting me play with this helmet and it's, go so, it's gone so far as that now we have Mayock coming out and saying we need to know Antonio Brown are you all in or are you all out and as much as I appreciate the call the, the, the all in but somebody said this and I want to get your guys opinion do you think anything's really changed or is this twofold of partly hard knocks for attention and partly two Antonio Brown still just doesn't want to play in the preseason. He's going to be fine anyway. That's what I said last week. I, I feel like he doesn't want to, he Has knew about this helmet. He knew about this helmet. It's not just like he found out a couple weeks ago. He That's knew last year. Like he knew all the entire <laughs> off season about this. Like it's just not come up. Like he had to have known about this helmet change. Like that it was gonna last change. year exactly. So this could have been addressed much earlier. The day that he was traded and signed with the Raiders, he could have easily started this, and you know they could have figured it out by now. I don't feel like he wants to be on the field and play preseason or be in camp, which is kind of annoying if you're a Raiders fan or or anybody else inside that organization like this is a new team try to build some chemistry with Derek Carr like just be on the field with this team take some reps it's not like you're going it's not like you're in Pittsburgh anymore you've been with Big Ben for years you know what to expect with the offense like it's it's totally new now you're a new team but I don't know it's hard to keep up with this Antonio Brown thing the latest <laughs> I saw before we started today was that he thinks they have a solution for a new helmet now I, I mean I really don't know but <laughs> I love Mike Mayock stepping up and saying I like I don't I don't know if it's for the cameras whatever but he needed to say something and I liked it like listen you're you're either all in yeah it's it's go time now the season starts in a couple weeks like let's go or just get the hell out of here <laughs> like it's you got to make a decision and oh man it's just it's so frustrating trying to keep up with what's going on 
Yeah, for sure. And like from my perspective, as a as a player, you want whether this guy is actually going to practice or not. I mean, he already had the foot excuse to where he could you could say like, okay, he doesn't want to play in the preseason. Well, you can use the feet for that excuse, but at least show up and like watch guys go through the reps, learn the offense, understand the you know, hear the quarterback making the calls because the cadence is going to be different than Roethlisberger, et cetera just be there and the fact that he's not even there to me is a way bigger issue because th- this tells me well, he was there last week yeah, through walk he, he showed right? up for a day yeah. he showed up for right. a day and then, now he's not there anymore and, i thought he was there and, before the game as well i i don't I, whatever i, I mean <laughs> maybe in the parking he line. wasn't there he wasn't there this weekend and that's okay. what you know to me it's like the fact that he's he's just not there mayox like look just show up Show us that you're all in on this team because he, he he should have been. He acted like he was so happy to get out of Pittsburgh. You'd think he'd just want to be there and be around his new teammates and get to know him. Yeah. And instead, this is just a massive destruction. And, you know, Tom Pelissero was saying this morning, they're, they're testing these helmets now from 2010 and 2014, which, which are within the time frame, but they're the same helmet as the 2011 helmet they already tested that failed the testing and so it's like they're, they're hoping that just something is a little different in the manufacturing of this to make it where all of a sudden it's gonna you know it pass the the specs that it needs to it's it's an absolute hail mary absolute hail mary that's the words he used and i completely agree this is ridiculous and and at some point he's either i i agree with mayock and i i think mayock has probably said this all privately like dude you need to show up and he's not coming so then he felt the need to get in front of a camera and say it and and I yeah. love it. I, I you yeah. know just calling out a guy. I love it. I I think it's this is going to be interesting. But the problem is is I think that it, that's him bluffing. It's almost like a it's a poker thing. Like, like if Antonio Brown sits out, sits out, sits out, sits out, sits out, decides that hey September fourth, here I am. I mean the Raiders aren't going to be like nope. You're, you're screw you. We're not playing. We just paid you all this money. We you're the best talent on this team. We're you know. I kind of feel like what's their recourse because it's kind of, you know, what are you going to do? So, again, for fantasy purposes, we've been through this before. Like, I haven't moved him down the projections. I'm not going to. You know what's going on. Like, if we get to the Monday before the season starts, yeah, of course, I'll start moving him down at that point. But if he shows up tomorrow, if this thing gets fixed and he shows up this weekend, like, whatever, like, you, you know the associated risk. But here's one. That's interesting. Speaking of not playing in the preseason, there's not really an associated risk here because the good news is he can't get hurt. So that's thumbs up. However, he's on a new team. However, he hasn't played in over a year. However, Chris, Le'Veon Bell is not playing this preseason at all. Yeah, like, I was a little bit surprised like, to hear that. I, I was too because on the one side, like Saquon Barkley didn't play for the Giants. Okay, fine. No problem. Zeke Elliott, we all still like, like hey, he's not playing. Don't care. As long as he's healthy, the Cowboys are going to work this out. It's probably – that's half the reason anyway is just they don't have to get him out there. But Le'Veon Bell on a new team and a new offense and hasn't played in a year plus. It's almost going to be two years since he played. Not playing in the preseason, does that make you just go, okay, maybe now the tie breaks a little bit more and I'm pushing Le'Veon Bell down a little bit, Chris? Maybe maybe just a little bit. I'm starting to drink the the New York Jets Kool-Aid, though. I, I like, <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. And it's they disgusting the to pace. think. Yeah, I know. It really, like, oh, it's it's scary to get involved with, especially with Adam Gase. And he's just made me scratch my head so many times with some of his decision makings. But I, I really like a step forward from Sam Darnold. And, yeah, the offensive line is not great. And it was just a couple preseason drives. But, wow, did he ever look good. And even Ty Montgomery there looked pretty good last week in that opening drive. And then, he, you know, Darnold was just hitting all the wide receivers and Nunwa and Anderson and Crowder. I was just like, wow, love Bell in this offense. Interesting. 
I can't wait maybe to see him next week in this offense, and that's not going to be the case. So, nope. yeah, a little bit, you know, puzzling. You would think maybe he would want to be – I don't know if this is his call or Gase's call. You would think that he would just want to get on the field with the team for an opening drive. and But, that, yeah, I mean, that's not going to be the case. I guess that is the, the positive that he's not going to suffer an injury. But, yeah, at the same time, Jake, you're right. We haven't seen this guy play football in a long time, and I think people are actually forgetting how good – Lev Bell is and how good he can be. So that's why I'm kind of drinking this Jets Kool-Aid right now. I, I won't move him. I won't move him around. I, I, I like him more than DJ at this point. Uh, but yeah, too bad. Whoa. I want to see him. Not me. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm, I'm still not buying. I now I think the Jets are taking a step forward. I think there's actually some progress um, with their offense and it makes me excited about everybody else. But Lev Bell still scares scares me to death because the fact that he's just not taking hits on a regular basis, that's that's the biggest thing. Like y- Your body cannot just all of a sudden go when you haven't done this for a long time. And I know he's taking some hits in, in practice, but it's not the same as the game hits. And it's I, I actually have him outside my top 12 running backs right now. I've got him at number 13 solely because I don't like this. I, I think by not playing in these games, when all of a sudden he's not just going to step in and be and be a thirty touch guy week one like he was in Pittsburgh like it's that there's no way that can happen. Ty Montgomery is going to take workload away because they're going to have to ease him into that role whenever whenever he's taken this much time off and ho- may, hopefully they realize that because. If they don't realize it, I think he's very susceptible susceptible to an early season injury uh, like a hamstring or or something like that just because he's not going to be in game shape. See, I kind of lean the other way. And I'm not going to say you're wrong and I'm right, but I'm kind of leaning the other way in the fact that they've seen enough. That's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what I always say? This yeah. anytime anybody I'm not going to say this, but you know what? You're wrong. Yeah. yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. You could all, you look, you could 100% be right. This could be a few seasons ago where, you know, the first two or three games are lackluster and then you're kind of on board after that. But I kind of lean of you don't make this decision unless you've seen enough in training camp and every old practices to say, yeah, Le'Veon Bell is ready to roll. And we've heard about Le'Veon Bell in the past before, even last year with the hole out, that he's one of the, you know, of course, it's all hearsay, and we never know, but like that he's always in game shape. He takes care of himself, blah, blah, blah. So I, I kind of lean that way. Like I want to, on the one hand, give the Jets credit to being in a professional organization, being able to know that Le'Veon Bell is ready to roll and in game shape and ready for 20 touches. On the flip side, I do understand your concern, Brad. And to be honest with you, I'd feel a lot better if he was on the Patriots, assuming that, than on the Jets with Adam Gase and assuming that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Gonna get that. All right. So let's continue. We got a couple more. I mean, there's a lot since this is what happens when we're gone since Wednesday. We're still, who knows if we get to the Bears and the Vikings who are still left over from last week. But this one might just be a little bit quick. DK Metcalf is having surgery. They expect him back and ready for week one, but he is a rookie. He is a rookie with questions on how he's going to acclimate to the NFL. Uh, if you watched that game, you saw a few, actually a handful of targets heading Duran Brown's way, who was somebody that was talked up like a month or two ago and really hasn't been mentioned since. And now with DK Metcalf out, uh, it seems David Moore isn't much of the factor. I don't think that there's a scenario here where Jerron Brown becomes the number two here. But all that being said, still battling with DK Metcalf once he's 100%. Chris, are you just out on everybody except for Lockett for this passing game? Yeah, and even Lockett, I don't, I don't really love where he's going either. I'd, I, you know, I'd take some really. Shot I think he's going guys. at a value. Well, he's you know wide receiver twenty ish. I mean, I, I, I know I have a wide I receiver fifteen. I don't think that's 
Uh, yeah, wow. Well, that's pretty high. I mean, I'd rather take a shot in any of those Rams wideouts um, over him or Kenny Galladay. But, yeah, it, I mean, Tyler Lockett, the only guy there, going to face top coverage for the first time, but he can move around. He's a great route runner. I understand it. It's it's fine. I, I don't think that Russell Wilson is going to be as efficient this year. This is a team that still wants to run the football. So I really only want um, Chris Carson, and, and basically that's it. If, if Penny falls down the board, maybe uh, I'll take a shot on him. I, I was in on Metcalf for a little bit because of the fact that he could be that second target. And maybe, you know, he'll fall even further down draft boards and maybe I'll have more shares of him. But altogether in this offense, I just don't feel like they're going to throw the ball a lot. And there's not a lot of guys that I'm overly excited about. Even when you're talking about Jerome Brown, sure, you can step in, but there's going to be no consistency there from David Moore. Right. This is not a lot of consistency, I don't think, from any of these guys, apart from Lockett and Chris Carson. See, David Moore is actually the guy that I, I like him better than Jerome Brown. Jerome Brown, to me, is kind of a one-trick pony. I don't think he's a great route runner. And and Tyler Lockett has the ability to be the deep ball guy also. We've seen that. So I think David Moore might be the guy who actually might in, end up with some regular season targets. Last year was his first real season um, playing. He didn't really play much in, in uh, 2017. And he, he got five touchdowns kind of just in sporadic sporadic use you know while um Doug Baldwin was still the the number one or number two de facto um you know guy in that offense and so DK Metcalf part of the reason that this scares me is because he had injury issues in college as well and now he he's you know not even made it through training camp before he's getting scoped again that's concerning to me and and potentially if this becomes kind of a, a a ongoing thing throughout his career you know, give me give me a guy. I I don't like him at his price right now solely because of that. Because I don't I don't think number one, we talked about when he came out of college. He was he's an unbelievable athlete, but he's really raw, and you need reps to to do that. And now he's basically losing at least two weeks of reps. Um, you know, in, in you know because of this scope or whatever it was. And so if that's the case, there there's just not a lot of um not a lot of early season. Uh, excitement for me with DK Metcalf, even if he's back on the field by week one, I think he's going to be a guy who the first few weeks disappoints. And then it's a guy you might target in a trade um, because he's or go you know, pick up off. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, or pick up maybe off a waiver. waiver yeah. yeah. Maybe a waiver guy. He'll get dropped early in the season. Well, Cause I just don't think the early season targets will be there. To, to even to your point, it's not even the reps is so much. It's, it's the coaching. It's the coaching up of what he's lacking. And to your point and what you're just talking about is the, the rawness is we know he's, the shuttle numbers were a testament to the major concern that what he is and the reason I kept and we've talked about before throwing out names like Darrell Green Beckham and all those talents of the world that were like, hey, look at look at the athleticism and the size and there's size speed strength combination and all these matchup problems. And then these guys bust is because they never develop as a receiver. It's similar to like why I keep saying like Kalen Balazs, although Drake being hurt now changes a little bit, but. You can be the most ass, most athletic, most gifted player on a team if you still don't know how to play the NFL. Like that's the thing. Like okay, I'm not an NFL player. I've never been. But the reason I don't do well when we play flag football outside of anything of receiver and safety is because my vision isn't that good. Like if you gave me all the athleticism, if I could say the word athleticism helmet. in the world, I would suck as a running back because I don't have that vision. I just don't. So. I bring that up just, again, because Brad just made a really good point. DK Metcalf still needs to develop as a receiver, but can he still catch six, seven touchdowns in this offense, even being as raw as he is? Sure. But to your point, I think this this leads to concern. And speaking of concern, I don't think anybody as much as you could be concerned about Marcus Mariota saw this news coming, but now apparently Marcus Mariota's job might be in jeopardy, as in Ryan Tannehill, of all people, who we – 
projected to start a few games because we all thought Mariota was a huge injury risk, could actually supplant Marcus Mariota and start. Two things. One is, uh, do you think that can happen, Chris? And then two, if it does, does this change your opinion of anybody on this offense, running backs, wide receivers, like anybody, or does it really not matter because – for all his flaws, maybe Tannehill is still at least a better passer. Yeah, I don't think anybody should be surprised to hear this news, to be honest. And Mariota has been pretty disappointing over the past, you know, ever since really he came in the league. He had a couple nice stretch runs, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Wait, He's... Don't you remember? Perfect passer rating in the red zone, never threw an interception. Don't you remember that was like yeah. going for the longest time? I remember his playoff game against the Chiefs, too, where he threw a touchdown off someone's head and then caught it and went in the end zone to score. <laughs> There's been a lot of craziness from, from Mariota on both sides of it. I mean, I'm not surprised to hear this news at all. That's that's basically what I'm saying here with Tannehill. And I I think the offense may flow better with Ryan Tannehill. He's, he is a better passer, but they'll go back and forth. I do still believe Mariota will be the week one starter, no matter how bad he looks for the remainder of the preseason or how good Tannehill looks for the remainder of the preseason. I think they'll start with Mariota as the week one guy. And I, I would never even consider drafting him in a two-quarterback league. I don't even think I would consider drafting him either. Um, so, yeah, maybe the offense will roll better. Who knows? But uh, Henry, that's the guy I want. And he's fallen down draft boards, and I'm willing to I take that like shot Deion on Lewis. him. Yeah, like Lewis is free, crowd. too. And he's, he still really hasn't even moved up with this Henry news. He's no, still kind of hanging Henry around People are 12, still 13th like, round. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, weird. But, yeah, Mariota. Yeah, and, and one thing to keep in mind, too, this this current regime that's there now is not the one that drafted him second overall, so they don't really have right. any ties no. to him after this year. So they may be, you know, and I, I think there's something to this, too, where this kind of, you know, might have been leaked a little bit and, and, like, tried to light a fire under him a little bit. But he actually came out and played pretty well, you know, in their second game, and he was 6 for 8, threw a touchdown pass. Like, they, he, he kind of did what, you know, what he needed to do, I feel like, to, to kind of push some of this aside a little bit. Not that Tannehill, I think Tannehill is probably going to be one of the potential better backups in the league, kind of like the Nick Foles before, where you at least have a guy that's had some success in the NFL, as opposed to, you know, a, a sixth round rookie that, you know, that you could draft and throw him in there. And then you never know what you're going to get whenever, you know, not that Tom Brady didn't work out, but, but the, you know, that that's not the norm. And I... I think it's just a security blanket. I think they're trying to light a fire. I'm still okay with Mariota. I wouldn't want him on my team, in a, especially in a single quarterback. I did draft him as my second quarterback in a two-quarterback league, um, but it, it's it's just kind of like a, a flyer. I love that Delaney Walker is back. I think that's really good for Mariota because he didn't have that security blanket all of last year after the first game, and, and Walker had had a big first game prior to the injury. So it was... Oh, I've, been, it, it, I've been getting a lot of Delaney Walker. Yeah, he's Yeah, he's, it's, nice. he's super late, and... And I know he. Everybody. It was funny because a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, he's coming off an Achilles injury." He. It wasn't an Achilles injury. This is different. No, than, it wasn't. Yeah, it was like a broken ankle or something. And and not that it's not serious, but it's not the same as the Achilles. And so no, um, not, it, he looks and, and, really good on the field. They've still well, got that connection too. going. And he's yeah. still, you know, he's not Greg Olson where it looks like he just lost everything. And everything. So, yeah, yes. there's still. Some, yeah, that's Mariota's guy is, for years. Yeah. yeah, and you don't have to pay up for him. That's the best part about it. He's not even going as a tight end one. Uh, the funny thing I think about this though, and we talk about next year, guys, is I love like I have the tight look. The Titans are going to be in the top five in my opinion, and drafting their replacement quarterback. Which the best part about it is, you either get Justin Herbert who also went to Oregon, or you get Tua who's also from Hawaii. One way or another, you're getting <laughs> part of Mariota back again next year. At least in my opinion, a lot can change between now and then, but. Let's talk about something that's changed wildly 
we're skipping luck. We're going to come back to him because I kind of should have mentioned this earlier in the show because after the game, this is all anybody want to talk about. A week and a half ago, everybody, sitting out there, Kyler Murray's the best quarterback in the league, top five potential. Oh, my God, this offense not going to be stopped. Everything's amazing. After week two, oh, my God, Kyler Murray's a bust. This offense looks terrible. The offensive line, rubs. so, all right, guys, here we are. The Cardinals and Kyler Murray struggled immensely. Like, it was not a good game. Like, I tweeted this out as a joke, and I said, if you're heading into your draft, this is now before the weekend, but I said, if you're heading into your draft for the weekend, tell everybody in your league, look at how terrible he was, talk up how poo-poo he did, and hopefully you get him at a discount because I'm still drafting Kyle Murray. I say all that, Chris, but you guys both know this, and anybody who's listening to the podcast also knows this. I'm also the one who doesn't like David Johnson as the fifth running back off the board because I don't think people are associating enough risk with this team because of the offensive line, which was the biggest problem in that game. It wasn't Kyler Murray by himself. That offensive line was doing no favors for nobody on this team. And I think that's the legitimate concern for the Cardinals this year. There's a ton of concerns. Yeah, that that the inexperience of Murray, the inexperience from the coaching staff. I mean, it's a pretty vanilla offense and it looked pretty brutal last week. And it's not just missing throws. It's it's not that it's it's offensive false starts like penalties on the line like that. Those little things, I'm sure, obviously, he's going to get a little bit better. But he's he's very inexperienced for, you know, playing in the NFL. So I wasn't high on him either. I, I saw that on Twitter last week. Everybody loved him. Everyone wanted him as a top five quarterback. And now, you know, after that game, everybody is completely out. Like if you have a stand and Brad, I know you really like him. I'm sure that hasn't changed over just a couple snaps. Like if you have a stand on Murray and you like him because of the upside, and that's I'm sure that's why you like him. Up-tempo offense, he's going to run, he's going to move around, he's got the, a safe floor. Like, stick with that stand. <laughs> Don't just change off, like, just a couple plays. I mean, he's only had a few snaps in the NFL in the preseason. There's going to be some kinks. We're dealing with a rookie quarterback. I think the expectations are a little just, unfair, to be honest. I'm, I'm, hold, before you come in, Brad, I just got a great name for a show. We should we should have oh, come well. up with a, a podcast. We should call a podcast. There should be one out there. There might even be one out there. We should just call it Recency Bias. Yeah, we should <laughs> I, honestly because that is it's so huge in fantasy in we daily fantasy. It's unbelievable. But, but Chris, you're missing the, con- the the concept of the show is we should just come in and be like, Caliber is the worst. Don't draft him. <laughs> David Johnson's gonna be a bust. Like that should the entire show should just be recency bias. Yes, I agree. I mean that is <laughs> it's so huge in fantasy. It really is it's unbelievable I mean Murray is even kind of dropped down because of that one those couple little you know performances that he had or underwhelming performances rather but I mean we'll make that a Monday segment you know what it's not a bad idea because things change so much especially you know in football just one bad game and and you can buy low I mean we talked about Lev Bell early if Lev Bell starts slow like he has before in week one or week two nobody wants him you can get him for free you can go trade him because of one bad game, and 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 this will be the thing with Kevin Murray Ogle as well. So three touchdowns in the first two games. Yeah, I mean, Brad doesn't want to talk about this because Brad. Do you, I mean, do you have any concerns watching him play his second preseason game? No, I I honestly don't. Like, I I expect I'm building in some some games like this in my projections for him because I just he's not going to go out and light the world on fire 16 games like Mahomes did last year or even even the first 12 games and then Mahomes kind of you know trailed off just a touch at the end even but it, it's I it's not I'm not concerned at all I dropped him one spot in, in my um, ranking solely because I actually like Carson Wentz 
and the way he's looked right now, I just bumped him up ahead of it because I just I love what they're doing with giving Miles Sanders that opportunity to to start. That's the only reason. It had nothing to do with Murray's performance. I, I'm not concerned at all. I still have him number six in my rankings, and he's he's gonna be. I have just no doubt Actually, in my mind he is going to be a really good quarterback this year. Here's how here's how slim the difference is in my rankings. So you guys remember I had him eight. I had, I had Maker. We talked about this last week. It was Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray right there. So just by taking off a spit from his rushing projections because I said, you know what, let me let me fake it. And I went through some numbers and looked at the blocking for the team. And I, I did. I did crease his rushing just a tad. I didn't really touch his passing. But it just by moving him, I think I lost like 10, 15 yards and like not even like a half of a rushing touchdown. But that made him slide from 8 to 10 behind Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger. But that's how slim – Again, the quarterback position is that you have one like a half of a bad game and you could drop three spots. Yeah, I would much rather have Matt Ryan than, than Murray. I don't even think it's close, but and I and I know where you guys have have him ranked and that doesn't mean that's where you would take him, but where would you guys take Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray? Yeah, I mean if like he's going to be the fifth draft? fifth sixth quarterback off the board, he's an easy I'm not taking him there. Uh, like they, uh, for, for reference of everybody out there, I threw him out for five dollars and super, yeah, it wasn't a super flex. It got him, and I was I was okay with that. I'd still probably play five. If I, we were drafting today auction style in your home league, I'd be willing to go up to eight or nine bucks. Uh, in the snake draft, I'd probably think about him in the eighth round, like right dead in the middle, which means probably not getting him in a snake draft. Maybe might get him in an auction. Yeah, and that same auction I got once for five, and I mean, I think I'd much rather. Yeah, have that's that. also us. So it's it's hard to compare. Brad? I, Brad? I don't know. Not I, I, I'm with you. Just kind of right in the middle. Where you know, I I'm not going to overpay for him because I think he's going to be that much better than everybody else. But I, you know, like it's just kind of right in the middle of all these quarterbacks, the, and and I'm okay. Honestly, upside with, is what it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's that all just gives that, you yeah. it's some upside, but it's also a floor, and and that just gives me a, a lot of confidence that I'm not I'm not concerned he's going to go out and throw up a week where he has eight points. He might have well, a, so a week to, where. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I was gonna branch off on that, you, you have to, but the, it's the Tyrod Taylor of years past. Like you're getting almost a free passing touchdown every single week. Like I expect Kyler Murray to run for 30, 40 yards every week. Well, it's like That's Josh Allen last uh, last year towards the end of the year, he was finishing as a QB one every week and throwing two hundred. Well, towards yards. the end of the year, the last couple of weeks, Chris, he was a top five quarterback. Yeah, with and look at the game log. I mean, he had more games under two hundred yards passing than over like two eighty. Like he just yeah he and he didn't throw any touchdowns. <laughs> so this is why yeah. Tyrod Taylor. I'll say this again. It was the one season that happened where he was actually starting for the full season. So there's obviously risk, but I think that Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. But I go back to that year. Maybe the ceiling, or definitely the ceiling's not Patrick Mahomes. It's not even Andrew Luck if he's healthy. But Tyrod Taylor that one year was the only quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, all of them included. He was the only quarterback in fantasy that scored 15 or more fantasy points every single game without a down game. Yeah, amazing. I, I was just looking now, just a little refresher from Allen. I mean, his his career high is 245 yards passing, and he did it in like his first couple games. Like that was in September. Down the stretch, when he was a when he was a QB one, to your point, 224 yards passing, 217, 204, 206, 231, and only one game <laughs> over two passing touchdowns, and he finished. High because look at the 99 yards on the ground, 103, 103, 135, 95. So if even if Murray just has those type of games and right. gives you 40 to 60 yards, you're fine. But Allen is much much cheaper, and I wouldn't be shocked he, if he had if he finished with a better fantasy season than Murray. 
So I did have a snarky combat come back in the comments of the ranking section because when I updated the rankings today, I went and checked this like, all right, got to go check the comments, see who's commented since like Friday because I didn't check over the weekend. Um, but somebody said, we're supposed to take this seri seriously when Kyler Murray is rated 14 spots higher than Brady? Please. <laughs> so I come back with, here you go. Good thing real life and fantasy are two different things, and one runs while the other's a statue, but enjoy being angry about it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the key right there for real football and fantasy. Yes, and I thought that Difference. was a lot less snarky than I could have been. I, like, I feel like I pulled back a little bit, don't you? Yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. you could have given him some facts when Brady and where he finished last year. Facts. <laughs> Just a hashtag facts <laughs> in your face. That's right. So let's stick with quarterback real quick. I said Andrew Luck like two or three times. Brad, at this point, because we just finished it, Chris went on a little bit about Josh Allen there. But Andrew Luck, I said this at the top. I've moved him from six games missed to now three games. It could be none. But the reason I say three is because I want to bake in risk if you're drafting. And that's where I'm going with this is like maybe he's not 100% for week one. Similar to Le'Veon Bell's, your point of that, of the flip side, is even if he's out there for week one, maybe it's not the real Andrew Luck until week three. Where are you comfortable drafting Andrew Luck knowing that he practiced before their last game? Uh, I, you know what, Luck, I'm starting... You, you sound a lot like Chris, Brad. I said Brad. I was waiting, but I didn't hear, so I was, yeah, I was yeah, unsure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've got him right now as my number four quarterback, and I, I have no problem taking him, you know, where where Still? I would... Yeah, I, I, it's, I even if he, at that point, let's say he even misses week one, I'm at least can... Um, what I saw of him doing the, you know, the calf agilities and stuff, I'm at least to the point now where like, even if he misses one or two games, I'm still comfortable with him finishing there. And so I'm okay. Like, like trying to, baby you know, throw some jumping through hoops. Yeah. Calf why not? Calf agility. So, Go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, so bad joke, it, bad joke. 1000. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not concerned anymore. It, I was, I was nervous at first because whenever I, I dropped him way down my rankings, it was because I saw him missing four or five, maybe six games um, based on the reports that were coming out. Now it looks like, Oh, there's a, there's actually a, a probably a better than 50% chance that he's back week one. I'm back. Okay. Taking him as my number four. Yeah. Quickly. How quickly things change. We were talking about this guy being in the mid teens last week <laughs> and, and, you know, almost quarterback 18, 19 and fantasy football calculator has him as an eighth round pick right now i'll take a shot on him there he may be the most riskiest of all the quarterbacks you know that you could draft in the first 12 to 15 with the most risk but he has we already know his ceiling is is like qb2 overall and i mean one if if mahomes does take you know regress i guess significantly but Luck still could finish as a QB two, and nobody's taking him there anymore. People are people are a little bit scared because of the history and what's going on right now. But definitely encouraging news for sure. Uh, I I don't think he'll play Week One, Jake. I, I I really don't. But I mean, it's possible, I suppose. And if he doesn't, if it comes out like early, like I don't know how early it would come out. He'd probably be just questionable leading all the way up to Week One. But if you were drafting pretty late, like that Labor Day weekend, and it's still not confirmed that he'll be a Week One starter, I bet he goes outside the top ten in your average draft. And that wouldn't surprise me. But that, to that point, is you know the projections have him outside the top fifteen because that's three missed games. But again, for everybody out there to make sure this is why you don't go. And this is also why I keep saying don't go straight down my overall rankings at the top three hundred. All people keep asking for him and asking for him, so that's why we did it. But don't go to straight down the list because straight down the list or straight down your rankings or straight down anything is not how you build your best team. Andrew Luck, despite being where he is, to your point, Chris and Brad, both 100%, even if he misses four games, those first four games, 
replacement value, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady at this point. You find somebody, and then those games after that, to you guys, both points, he has top five upside. He has somebody who has thrown for 39 and 40 touchdowns. He can break 40 again. So uh, definitely plenty Draft of luck at Darnold. Darnold's going like QB 25. That's I mean Don, Darnold's free. That's that's Thanks. a good point. Mm. He, you just made Salfino a fan. I mean he, he thinks he's a top <laughs> ten quarterback after those final four. Every games. Jets fan does. So he's not the only <laughs> one I've seen. You know, say top ten quarterback, but yeah. which is just crazy because if you look at those final four games, that's you say the final month and then like go look at the game log. Yes, he played a significantly much better, but there's two good games and two. Mm, eh, there still was a final good month, but let's be realistic. All right, last one before we get to the Bears and Vikings, as promised. Tony Pollard, the reason I bring up Tony Pollard is not because of Ezekiel Elliott. We're all on the Ezekiel Elliott plays, but it's the Tony Pollard if Ezekiel Elliott plays because Tony Pollard has looked so good, and Tony Pollard especially looks good in the passing game, and people are now saying, well, what if Ezekiel Elliott maybe loses a few touches and Tony Pollard has standalone value? I don't even think it's Zeke. Zeke is top four. Like, even if he loses a few touches, still, it's not top four. People don't realize how good of a pass catcher he is, and I don't think Tony Tony Pollard's going to snap or get that many snaps, Chris, to take away from Zeke where he can even be counted on consistently. What I actually responded to somebody in a tweet and said, and see if you get this agreement, is I said he's basically theoretic. Like, at his peak, maybe he gets 70, 80 targets, but... That's PPR only, and that's PPR only where it's still going to be one week I started him, I'm happy. One week I started him, oh, crap, he got me two catches for 14 yards. Yeah, and, that, and that's – I wouldn't even go as high as Theo because Theo had some, some – well, I was talking about last year's Theo. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, last year's just like you're going to bank on maybe three, four catches max. But, yeah, there's no way. Like, Zeke is the man, especially if they pay this guy and he plays. Like, he's getting, he's getting 90% of the snaps. <laughs> he's getting all the touches. Like, he just had a season where he had 77 catches on 95 targets, and still people think he can't catch. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And they say, well, Amari Cooper's there. Well, when Amari Cooper got there, his targets and his catches went up. The offense flowed better. So the, the only way I see Bollard getting, you know, some kind of work is game script dependent maybe where it's – even then, like I'm just stretching here to try to find something nah, for him. He's There's gotta, no way Zeke has to get hurt. Exactly, or mis- miss like a games couple catches if they're down in a game, but that's it. Like, yeah, there's no way he's he's gonna have consistency like five, six touches. I wouldn't even bank on that. Yeah, the only the only thing he's done for me here is he's solidified himself as the number one handcuff there. When you know two weeks ago there was questions about you know all these different different players back there right. that it might be, and so now he's he's definitely the number one guy. It doesn't mean that he's going to be starting week one. It doesn't mean he's going to be the third down back. That's Zeke. If Zeke if Zeke comes back, which I think is going to happen, I have no doubt in my mind we're going to forget about Tony Pollard halfway through the year as long as Zeke doesn't get hurt because it, it, it's just going to be one of those where it's like, oh, yeah, Zeke, 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 he's, as long as he's on the field, if he goes and gets a, a five-year or four-year contract extension with big money, then he's he's going to be the same as always. It's It takes an injury for us to remember even who their backup is at that point. Fair enough. So let's finally get to the Bears and Vikings as we close out the <laughs> NFC North almost a week later. It took two weeks, yeah. Yeah, no, it <laughs> took, took forever. But Bears and Vikings because we talked about the Packers, we talked about the Lions, so now it's Bears and Vikings. Uh, let's do Bears first because I just want to continually gush 
And I know so there's, I'm not the only one, but gush over my love for David Montgomery for the fact that, again, this is the simplest form I can give everybody, guys, and it's the fact that Jordan Howard had 270 touches last year, and Jordan Howard's not that great of a running back. He's not that good in a passing game, as everybody well knows. David Montgomery, admittedly by the team, admittedly by draft people, admittedly by myself and a lot of people like on this show and other places, is a better talent if the floor is 270 touches, which I think it is because they've already been talking him up as in getting more involved in the passing game and Tariq Cohen maybe taking a step back, if you tell me 270 touches, even with, no, let's just say Tariq Cohen's still Tariq Cohen and it's still only 270 touches, they'll be better 270 touches. And Jordan Howard's a top 20 running back. How are people not on board with David Montgomery, Chris? Oh, I don't know. I have him as a top 15. Yeah, I love him. I, I love the opportunity. I love the fact that the Bears went and, and got this guy, the guy they wanted. You know, Matt Nagy in Kansas City made Kareem Hunt as a rookie. He led the league in rushing yards. This is a great offensive line, as you talked about. Howard was sixth last season in carries. He was top 10 in touches, hardly even catching the football. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to like about Montgomery. I have a lot of shares of him. A couple, you know, a few weeks ago, he was a fifth-round pick, fourth round. I've even seen him going is in the third. It's a bit of a stretch in the third, but I don't mind it at the end, in the end of the third, depending on where you are in your draft. You can, if you go wide out, wide out, you can, you know, have, you know, an opportunity there to have Montgomery as, you know, your borderline RB1 or RB2. I think, you know, if you leave your draft that way, I think you're loving it. Yeah, there's a lot to like. There's, I have nothing negative to say. I love the way he runs, love the offense, love the line. He's going to be the goal line back there. There's, yeah, so much to like. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. The only issue I have is like when I'm looking at who the running backs to get him that high, who I would have to put him in front of, that's where that's the only place I'm struggling. When I look at just his situation in a vacuum, I'm like, yeah, this is a situation I want to buy into. Then whenever I go to actually Uh-oh. rank him, I just can't Uh-oh. get him over some of the other guys. So Uh-oh. I like him. I do. I And I like the offense. <laughs> the The problem I have with the Bears Hold on. is I actually think... What? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying, uh-oh, you know what's coming. We haven't done it in a long time, Brad. Uh, yeah. Come on. You know, you right. said you don't know how to do it. You know what we got to yep. do. Let's they, do it. You, Player, you know it this time. Uh, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to set you Make up. I think you, I, oh, oh, you can't just do it like that. I have to set you up for it. Oh, uh, Brad, I've been there before, man. They used to give me a hard time with this. Here you go. List, yeah. And you got, you got to do it with gusto. I'm going to let you do it, Brad. What do we yeah. do? When we don't know where to put a player, we kind of say, yeah, hey, I, I think I would like him here, but I'm just not sure with the other names involved. What do we do, Brad, when we need to do that with a player? We make a list. Ah, you said it too slow. You got to do it like We make a list. Go. There you go. Nice. Ah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Yes. All right. So let's do it. We're making a list. It's been way too long. All right. We've got our top 12, Nick Chubbs, Joe Mixon's all the type of stuff. So let's talk. Let's go straight to another rookie. Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery, Brad? Uh, Jacobs or Montgomery? Jacobs. Chris? Montgomery. Really? Yeah. I told you I'm high oh, You on get him. outvoted. You know you're getting I, outvoted. I'd take him over Delvin one. Cook, too. Did we already just skip over Delvin Cook? We're just Whoa. giving him the benefit of the fact, yes. Delvin Cook, because he's we been are. hurt for three, four years in a row. Oh, my Ooh. God. Well, that's that's hot take central right you there. Got Delvin, you're yeah, you got Delvin Cook in the 20s? <laughs> no, but I got Montgomery. I'd rather have Montgomery. He's, Montgomery's going to have a better fantasy season than Delvin Cook. Uh oh! Sounds like Brad's got a dollar bet with Chris on his hands. Yeah, let's I'll, do it. I'll go, I don't know I'll why go we're giving Cook sure. so much like just pass, yeah, like a free pass. Like, I mean, he was we're hurt not. in college, but we are. People are drafting him as a top ten back because he's played because like that's the talent. I mean, games. you could say, I mean, you could say that about like old. Okay, no, you can't. You can't say that about anybody else that's going in the top ten. You can't. No, no, no. you could say risks. Like you're telling me that. No, he is the risk highest risk. It's not the same as anybody else in the top ten. There's no one. Oh, really, Todd Gurley? 
he's not even going in the top ten. People are afraid of him. <laughs> Dalvin Cook well, is going ahead good. of Todd Gurley. RB9, RB10. It's close. <laughs> okay, RB9, RB10. But still, <laughs> the fact that it's happening. I mean, what do we – honestly, though, with Cook, that's my one problem with Cook. There's so much risk with Cook. We've seen a couple, a handful right, of well, games. We might as well talk about him, too, because we were talking about the Vikings. I know. So it's, it just kind of ties two. into the we're, two, yeah. We're, side, we're sidebarring in the middle of one name into the list. So. <laughs> Are you legitimately <laughs> drafting David Montgomery over Dalvin Cook if you're on I, the clock? I mean, no, 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 no I don't no. have to. So, yeah, I don't have right, to Right, well, that. no, no, no. So the, oh, also, also, no, no, no. What, this is the Michael Salfino argument is what Chris is basically saying is I'm not owning Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Right? Like that's yeah, By the time Dalvin wrong. Cook yeah. is worth it to you, he's so far gone that you're just not owning Yeah, him. early second, I'm taking a wide out there. Um, or, you know, Mixon or Chubb if they're available, for sure. Okay. So you're completely off. Okay. You got another dollar bet. I, I would take the dollar bet, too, but you you and I have done so many, Brad, that you can do that one with Chris. Yeah, so I, need, I need okay, a dollar thanks. bet here. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Brad has a ton of dollar <laughs> bets on the go. Yeah, I've got a, and I've got a giant list going on a notes document. Like, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> We're like, I'm like six bucks in, into, nice. you know, into, you know, the potential of ruining my bank account. <laughs> All right. We can move on. Yeah. That's my bad on the sidebar, right. but I just want to know where you guys were on cook. And just, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Chris Carson or cook or not cook. <laughs> Sorry, you got me Chris Carson or David Montgomery. Chris Carson. Uh, Montgomery, and I have Carson right behind him, so it's close. Okay, well, you got outvoted on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm outvoted, I think, the rest but, but of the you, way. But you said he's right behind him, so that's yeah, not a big deal. Close, yeah, it's pretty close. Devontae Freeman or David Montgomery? Montgomery. Freeman. See, I have Freeman higher, but this is similar to the Chris situation. I don't want to take Freeman because of the risk, because the guy – this is – I think he's a significantly more high injury risk situation than Dalvin Cook because it's not even just he's got the injuries. It's, he's got the injuries on the way he runs, and he refuses to change the way he runs. Yeah, that's fair. Fair point. So, all right, you finally got out voted on that one, Brad. So there we go. So all right. carry on Johnson, who, by the way, I just saw a tweet – uh, something as we're recapping from games over the weekend, and that's the one I hadn't got to yet on snap counts and all that type of stuff. Karrion Johnson was yanked three times on third down, twice for C.J. Anderson, once for Ty Johnson. So Karrion Johnson and the Patricia offense or David Montgomery? Montgomery. I go Montgomery Johnson. the rest of the way. Not even close. This one isn't even close to me. And Because I, really? I don't think that I, happens in the regular season. I think some of that's preseason. we got to get some of these guys a look and see what we have here. Like, they don't really know what they have in Ty Johnson yet. And so let, let's see what he does in this scenario. C.J. Anderson, we just got to get him on the field a little bit. We can't we can't run on Johnson as a bell cow in a preseason game. If this was 95% of the other teams, I would agree with you, Brad. But I don't <laughs> risk it. Patricia, like, I just don't. I, I don't I think Patricia is locked into the everybody has his role like CJ Anderson steps into the LeGarrette Blunt role and that's just going to be that's the role that's how I use running backs in that situation Ty Johnson is as you mentioned well before is he is better between the tackles than Theo Riddick is but he's a decent pass catcher you didn't get to see a lot from from college but is a decent pass catcher and I think he's going to be used in that kind of change things up on third day like I'm with you. Give me a different team. Carryon Johnson deserves to be and should be a three-down running back. I'm just going to go David Montgomery because I just I don't trust Patricia. Yeah, Carryon had 17 t- red zone rushing attempts last year. I mean, that's like not even top 40. I mean, LeGarrette Blount had 26. That's, that's so and that's concerning. what CJ is going to step into that role for sure. All right. Well, speaking of injury concerns, Chris, Leonard Fournette or David Montgomery? <laughs> Montgomery. Fournette. Brad? Really? Who? Yeah. Go, go for I, it. I'm telling you, like I, all, all these guys that these aren't even uh, guys. I've got Fournette number 16. I've got Montgomery number 25. 
And holy crap! Hey, why, why don't you just hey, tell us hold, why you hate what? Yeah, actually, hold on, he, kind on, he kind of already did. He kind of already did. He did, did touch you, on Chris. It a little bit. Yeah. No, let's just forget that. Like, throw the list out. We're in the middle of making the list, but this list is gonna be damn freaking long because <laughs> Brad, you, why don't you just say like you hate David Montgomery? Why don't you just tell us that? I don't, that's the thing. I don't like. I, I like his situation in vacuum. I so just. Who do you have at but I've got, I've got Lamar Miller ahead of him. Lamar Miller. At oh hell no. Jeez. So and and slowly, Duke Johnson's hurt right now. Like, who's gonna take any time away from Lamar Miller right now? The first Duke six Johnson, weeks, of four, four to six weeks of the season, Duke Johnson might have that the the role by week twelve. But I still think Lamar Miller gets uh, enough no, carries. No, 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 then no. I do like I Miller, know. but not. not but I just let me tell you. Let me tell you my reason. Can't be as high. Let me tell you my reasoning for backing off David Montgomery a little bit because I don't think the Bears could run the ball as much as they did last year because I don't think their defense will be as good as it was last year with Chuck Pagano running it. Like Chuck Pagano was not a defensive coach in Indianapolis. He didn't. Their defense sucked. That's why he got out of there. And, and so if, if that's the case, like that's the guy you bring in to run your defense when Vic Fangio has gone, that, that concerns me a little bit. And I think their defense takes a step back, kind of like the Jaguars did last year, where everybody's like, oh, this is an elite defense, elite playmakers. And, and they take a step back. I think they're going to have to pass the ball more to be as successful as they were last year. The personnel's still there, though. Like, there's, they still have players on defense. But they were for the Jags, too. It's, it's the same argument. Like they, except the Jags didn't lose their defensive coordinator. They just didn't perform as well. Yeah. So no, there's, I, there's always that concern. I mean, that comes down to why you don't draft fancy defenses before the, the last <laughs> right. round. I mean, this is right. It's just the Jaguars were the perfect example. Let's go back to the Seahawks from a few years ago. And also, the truth is, too, is just because you're a real life amazing defense, that doesn't always equate right. fantasy defense. Like, you know this, sure. Chris. A few years ago, the Eagles defense on the field was one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah. But fantasy wise, because they're so aggressive and ball hawks and took a lot of those interceptions for return touchdowns. They ended up being a top five defense despite being awful on the field. Well, the same thing in some spots, depending on your settings, the Chiefs last year as well. I mean, part of that is the team, you know, the opposing team had to throw on the Chiefs to, you know, play catch up. And sometimes, you know, pick six happens, you know, and you can dial up pressure a little bit more when you have that type of lead that Kansas City had. You know, they, they got a lot of sacks. So, yeah, fantasy. Again, talk about Tom Brady and Kyler Murray, you know, fantasy real life. It's, it's a bit of a difference there. All right. So, yeah, we just sabotaged that list. And oh, the list is bit. gone. Yeah, Brad Brad's got me David. bombed about Montgomery. Jeez. <laughs> uh, who hey, else? So a couple more. Got... There's a couple more. Lamar Miller. Who else did you have ahead of him? Uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, Derrick Henry, Sony Michelle. Those are the guys right okay. above him. All right. Yeah. All right. So, so the guys right like below him are Austin those. Eckler, James White, Tariq Cohen. No, those are fine. But uh, yeah, I disagree with like three of them. But we gotta somehow look. We gotta get the freaking Vikings yeah. in here. We talked <laughs> yeah, about down the talk, talk but. Actually, you know what? Here, here's the real quick. Go, go to the Bears receivers because I think Allen Robinson no, no, to me is the guy a, that I really yeah, like. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was going to say, here, you can go first, Brad. Bears and Vikings wide receivers. Bears wide receivers, we have a question of who's going to be what. I mean, Allen Robinson at this point, he's talking about injury risk like Leonard Fournette. Who's going to be what for the Bears? And then the Vikings, are you at all concerned with those final couple games of last year and how heavy they run that Thielen and Diggs might see significant regression? So there you go. Tackle both. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's significant. I've. I still have. I've got Diggs at number eleven, Thielen at number thirteen, and then I've got Allen Robinson at number twenty-one. I think Allen Robinson. The biggest thing he has is that he is the clear, far and away number one wide receiver on this team. 
in, in the passing game. And so the, as opposed to the Vikings where you've got to have quite a bit of passing volume to get Diggs and Thielen both up there, but they don't really have anybody competing with them. Kyle Rudolph's not going to take much away from them. Um, you know, Chad Beebe or whoever the, the third receiver is right now is, is not a guy that scares me from taking volume from those guys, but there's no one on the bears outside of Tariq Cohen that scares me taking volume away from Allen Robinson. I, I think he's going to get peppered like crazy. He, this is a guy who had a monster season a couple years ago with Blake Bortles as his quarterback. He's, he came back last year probably a little quick and and he's learning a new offense when he couldn't go through training camp because of a torn ACL and now he's back fully recovered fully healthy and he's had a chance to to spend some time in this offense he was a monster in their playoff game last year an absolute monster and so I I think it was just the the step forward I'm not saying he's going to go out and drop 120 a week on on everybody at the same time I do think he's a legit wide receiver too and a guy that is extremely undervalued in, in drafts yeah, he's going pretty late for sure. I, as for the Vikings, uh, I like Thielen a little bit more than Diggs, but they're both fine. I mean, Thielen, I think, is an absolute steal in the late second. We were talking about him at one point, Jake, as arguably wide receiver one off the board. Like, that's how good he was to start the season. I know things cooled off a little bit and the run game was non-existent. Maybe the targets come down slightly, but this is a guy who has 1,300 yards last year, 1,200 before that. Diggs has never even done that in his career. So Thielen is a little bit safer, in my opinion. Plays in the slot. His hands are terrific. Runs great routes. Uh, maybe the ceiling is a little bit higher for Diggs to have those big games. Uh, but I think Thielen and, you know, a full-point PPR, half-point PPR, I, I, for the most part, I, I would f- pretty certain that he would finish with more catches and more targets. But it's very, very close. I agree with a lot of what Brad said about Allen Robinson. I, I do like the fact that he's going pretty late in drafts, like end of the sixth. That's, last year he was a little bit higher than that. He does have upside to be a wide receiver too. But I have some concerns with Mitch Trubisky. I was in on him last season. There was a lot of inconsistency from him. He was very inaccurate. Reports at a camp so far has been that he's actually looked like he's taken that's a step small. back. Yeah, which is, which is big yikes. But this is a team that I think wants to run the football, rely on their defense. I th- I would say that Tariq Cohen leads this team in catches. And, you know, I don't know if Robinson can turn out those numbers that he did in Jacksonville, where he was getting a ton of targets. I, I just don't I just don't see it. But I do like that value where he's going. I'll take a shot at him for sure. Yeah, actually, I I'm not getting him at this point. I'm lower. I have him at 31, just because I don't have him projected for 16 games. I only have him projected for 109 targets. If you told me 16 games and told me he was healthy for all 16 games, you're 100% right, Brad. He is definitively, by far and away, not only just the number one, but talent-wise, it's not even close to everybody else on this team. Uh, But I think Anthony Miller could still a little on the touchdown side of things, which is also a little bit of my concern, as well as what you said, Chris, with Mitch Trubisky. But for everybody out there, we got to run. You can check out my projections. I also have Thielen and Diggs back-to-back 13 to 14 in my ranks. But that's updated as of today. And we will be back Wednesday. There's still a heck of a lot more we got to get through. We're going to get you ready for your week three preseason drafts coming up. This is probably the most important time. This is probably one of the most common weekends to be drafting. So we'll make sure you're prepared for that on Wednesday at Chris Meany. If you want to ask him questions, at Brad Ziegler. If you want to ask him questions, or all three of us. And you know I'm at All In Kid. And we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.